What up, squad? How's it going, everyone? And welcome, welcome to the ADAPT session, where we have intrinsic combos on exercise, mindset, and life's ever-changing experiences. And today, we're continuing the mentorship series, but last time it was my, my portion. This time, the man of the hour is Joseph himself. Looks like I'm in the hot seat. Hey, man. The hot seat was a pretty good spot for me. And knowing how you talk, I think you'll be okay. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you what you mean by that. I'm just going to take it in stride. There you go. Be the bigger man. <laughs> All right, Jojo. So before we get started on asking who helped you mentor or who mentored you growing up, man, let's uh, – what got you into uh, physical activity or, and exercise, man? What's your first – what was your first introduction to that that you can remember? Mm, I want to say, you know what? <clears throat> I was going to tell you a little story about uh, when I first started playing football because I was like my first love, fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. Always wanted to be like, always dreamt about being like an NFL player, right? That was like my dream as a kid. But it started before that. I, when I was a kid, um, really young, I, I seen a couple photos and videos that my family has of me, but. Uh, yeah. I used to play it with my uncles and they would like throw like little bean bags at my head when I was a little kid, try to tag me. And I'd be like running away from them and stuff. They said I was just full of energy and I was always running around. I had a, a bottle of milk in one hand and a bottle of orange juice in the other. So I'd be double fisted, son. I'd be running, run, running away from them. You know, that like they're playing with me and then they're throwing like little bean bags tagging my head. So, so ever since then, they said I just never like stopped moving around. But Getting a little bit older, um, when I first got introduced to football, um, my family, big Niner fans, especially my two uncles, they were a huge influence on me. Um, being that uh, I grew up without a father and my mom had a lot of help from her family and uh, two people that really helped her out with us, uh, other than um, my grandma and my grandpa, were my uncles, her brothers. And your grandpa's going to be a big figure later on, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to my grandpa a little bit later. But uh, as a kid, you know, playing around with me mm. was, was my uncles. And one uh, distinct memory that I have, uh, one of my uncles in, in, uh, in particular, my uncle Julio, when I was a kid, I couldn't say Julio, so I would call him Theo Nuni, right? <laughs> Theo means uncle, by the way, for those of you who don't know. So I call him Theo Nuni because I couldn't say Julio. Um, and he used to go outside and play, play with me and my brothers all the time, especially me, y'all, because I was like the oldest one, you know? My younger brothers were still um, in, in the house playing with like toys and stuff, action figures. I kind of had gr grown out of that phase, so I wanted to go outside and play sports. I want to say I was like five. And uh, he first taught me how to throw a football and catch a football. And then ever since then, as I was growing up, probably into my high school years, he would always play football with me and my brothers outside in the front. And I have this one particular memory where uh, in the backyard when, uh, when I was growing up in San Jose, my grandpa had an old school big van, you know, the ones that they turn to scrapers nowadays, right? Yeah. 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 My, my grandpa used to have one of those all brown, but it was like different shades of brown. It was really nice, nice paint job. And my uncle told me, he goes, I'm going to throw you the football over this van. And when I was a little kid, you know, that van was like gigantic, right? I was like, oh, it's so big and so tall. So he's like, I'm going to throw you the football over the van. I just want you to look up and catch it. And, he, and this is what he told me. He goes, I won't forget it, man. 
because they helped me a lot growing up as far as sports go and anything else that that ever gave me like a hard time he said if you can catch this pass over the van you can catch anything he throws one over i see it run to it i drop the first one wow and, and i get kind of sad right he comes back did you did you catch it did you catch it and I was like, nah, I hit the ground. He goes, no, nah, I know I hit the ground. He starts laughing. He goes, I heard it. I just want to see what you were going to say. I was like, no, nah, I didn't catch it. He goes, all right, let's, let's go again. Next one goes over. I catch that one. Ever since then, bro, catching everything my uncle was throwing at me, playing football. So, And then after I started catching those, he's like, okay, let's see if you can throw it over the van. So I practiced throwing it over the van, maybe get like halfway, just kind of hit the top, roll off, whatever. And then eventually I just started launching that baby through. And he, he showed me how to throw. He showed me the footwork. He showed me the motion. I used to watch the Niner games with him, you know, back in the 90s. Steve Young was our quarterback. So he, he used to be like, look, just look at, look at the way Steve Young throws the ball and then try to copy him. So that was my first introduction to football and how I started playing that. And then ever since then, since he told me to watch Steve Young and practice mimic how he was throwing, I just started watching all my favorite players. And when I'd go play, I'd try to copy the way they would tackle, the way they would run their routes, the way they would catch the football, you name it. I'm just trying to copy them, right? And that's what really got me into sports, into football. That was like my first love. So to clarify, your first mentor was your, was your Theo Julio then? Mm -hmm. Julio. He, he kind of took the, uh, I guess you could say the father role, you know, because he had a little bit more, he had a little bit more time on his hands. It's not that my other uncle didn't want to do that, but my other uncle, um, he was actually in a serious relationship and he was going to have a son, my cousin Christian. So he was yeah. trying to get himself together with that. He was working, no joke, two jobs at the same time. He'd work at an automotive shop. And uh, later on in the afternoon, I don't know where he would work at in the morning. I forgot. I think he was like a grocery store. And then he was going to school at night. So he was, his, his schedule was busy. My uncle, my uncle Julio, he was, um, Going to school, he was in high school at the time, and then he was working. Uh, he was working full time. I don't remember where, but he had a little bit more time on the weekends. That's when he would play with me, or in the evening, you know. So he took that that more of that uh that father role. There you go, man. That's what's up. And so, around what range would you say that this is a uh, this is happening? Like what like what age range would you say he was really instrumental? I guess. Oh man, I, I want to say. From like from about four till till about till about fifteen. Four till about fifteen. Yeah, so about ten, eleven years. So then, it's funny because in, in this podcast we're kind of used to me being the more educational or academic side. But who else did you have? Who did you have on your um, on the academic side, man? Oh, you know what? Let me see. One person in particular. He was my man Iverson. He was an after-school counselor. And since my family, everybody was always working, they didn't get home till about six or seven sometimes. My mom needed some place to, to put us, right? So that we weren't going home too early driving my grandma crazy. So they put us in the after-school program. Um, and uh, at the time I was going to Sherikawa, George Sherikawa Elementary. And it was like a K through eight school. Um, so my man Iverson was an after-school counselor there and we would stay there from about mm, till school was out like 2.15, 2.30 to like 4, 4.30, right? 
And he was just a cool dude, man. He, he would just play sports with us. Um, like, like they're all supposed to right after school counselor, but he would help us with our homework. He would always put like, you know, put a little game in the ear, some wise words like, Hey, make sure you do your homework before you go, we go outside and play, or you're not going to be able to play, you know, and he, but he'd come around and help everybody out. He was just a really cool guy, loved his energy. You could tell he loved what he did and he wanted to help kids. And uh, he always used to play uh, tackle football with us. It was cool. You know, he was bigger, older, because we always wanted to play tackle football, right? We're trying to be like the pros, not just two-hand touch. That's for weenies, bro. We're trying, to, we're trying to lay some hits, son. So we'd always play tackle. And he caught us one time. And ever since then, he goes, look, if you guys want to play tackle, just let me know and I'll play with you guys. Obviously, he wouldn't tackle us, you know, serious. But he would allow us to play and have our fun. And he was just, he was just a really cool guy, man. I think because of him, because of his personality and, and having another, like, male role model in my life like that, that was so cool. I got to see a different side of it um, as far as uh, perspectives and where he was coming from. And he just genuinely loved to help kids out, bro. He's, he's a good dude. And for those who uh, don't understand what he says, game, he's talking about, like, good advice or yeah, good advice. That's what I mean. Spill a little game. Spill a little game. It's not. It's not anything about dating, and that that'll be a. That's something else. Okay, just a heads up, you guys. Just a heads up. Just to clear things up. So, he was kind of the bridge between like your family and and, and your education side, right? Yeah. More like an after, after Yeah, he was cool, man. He actually lived in my neighborhood. He lived like three blocks down the street. I seen him one time when I was going to the uh, to the store to go buy some chips or something. Did you talk to him? Uh, yeah, of course I talked to him. He stopped by. He was like, I didn't know you live here. I was like, yeah, I live over there, over there. And he was like three blocks away. So it was cool. I used to see him around the neighborhood a lot. So that's cool. Then you were able to reconnect with him. You, gave, you were able to like, at least like thank him for like for the well, he gave you or what? I, I didn't get a chance to thank him, bro, until I was like a grown man. I think I, think I'm, I made a post on my, uh, on my Instagram account, my fitness mindset when my business. Um, and, uh, and I gave him a shout out on there. So, but that's really when I thanked him as a kid, I didn't realize this was going on. I'm just living my life. I'm a kid. Yeah, you know? exactly. Absolutely. But looking back, cause I do a lot of self-reflection on like things that I have improved on. Um, I thank myself for them and I make sure that I continue to grow. And then things that I still need to work on are things that I haven't even scratched the surface on that I need to work on myself. So I do a lot, I do a lot of self-reflection. And anyway, when I was doing that, he's somebody that popped in my head. So, and when he popped in my head, I was like, man, I got to give him a shout out. I feel like this dude helped me out a lot when I was a kid and, and the man doesn't even realize it. And it's cool that he's actually my friend on, on uh, social media. So he's seen it and then he thanked me for it. So that was cool. And I just told him, now that I'm an adult, bro, looking back, like you really did a lot of good things in my life. I, I seen a positive male, I had a, a, an opportunity to have another positive male role model in my life and that was you, so thank you. And it's kind of cool because like, when you're a kid and you're, you're getting all these lessons, you don't really realize just how much, how much it helped mold you or what, like how much it helped shape you until years later down the road. So there's a, and the fact, and if you get to thank them for that, that, that's one of the best feelings in the world. One of the best, man. So it felt good. It felt like I, I, like I got something on my chest that I've been holding in for years and didn't even realize it, you know? So it felt really good. That's good, man. At least he knows that, that and he knows that you're running your, by the way, we're talking to an entrepreneur right now. You know, he, he has, he's running his own business, fitness mindset. 
Well, let's not be misleading. I'm an independent contractor at another facility. Still trying to grow, still growing, but I appreciate it. Well, you know, I mean, we are personal trainers, man. I mean, if we're creating our own platform, we might as well, we might as well promote it on our platform, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Come see your boys. Come see your boys. Fitness Mindset and Armando. I don't know what I'm going to name my uh, business yet. Yay. You already got it. What did you, what did you just tell me? And then you're going to say something like that. Come on now. Oh, should I name it Adapt Fitness? Nah, don't do that. Okay. <laughs> whatever, whatever you want, bro. Whatever. All right, you want. Well, anyways, your boys know your boys are available to train, even virtual training. You guys are you guys just reach out to us. That's right. Slide in the DM. Let us know what's up. Absolutely, we got you. And um, well, anyways, so he's he's kind of the bridge between your family and also your your, your education. Is there anyone that you could consider a mentor that were actually teachers or, or uh, things like that. And, and, and um, you know what? Me and you had a little, a little conversation about what we considered a mentor. We did. Um, kind of wanted to share that with everybody. Uh, what, what we actually consider a mentor, what we like narrowed down in a box because we thought about it, right? You get people that you meet in your life and they're not around that long, but they mean well, right? And they, they all have the best intentions for you. Maybe it's they do something nice for you. They gave you a few pieces of advice. But what we really narrowed down as being a mentor is somebody who's been there for a long period of time. Because yes. that's actually what mentoring is, right? But now that we're talking about this and you asked me that question, I do have a few teachers that weren't necessarily mentors by what we concluded to be the definition, right? I guess you look it up in the dictionary, whatever, but that's just what we thought was a mentor for us in our yeah. life. Yeah, that was our criteria. Yep, and, and what we came up with as far as criteria go, those teachers weren't really mentors because they weren't in my life for too long, but I feel like even for the short amount of time, they left a positive impact on me. And one of them, she was actually in my, in my life for a few years, man. She was first, a teacher of some of my friends. She wasn't even my teacher. Okay. Some of my friends were taking her class. But she could be considered a, a mentor in some ways because she wasn't even your teacher, but she, but she's keeping up with you years for a few years and she doesn't really have to, you know, like, yeah, she doesn't. I, I forgot how me and her just developed a relationship. This is a story. I remember though, this one, it, it might've been through, it might've been this way. So I went to go see one of my friends in one of their classrooms. I went to the restroom and I was walking by. I knew what, I knew which one was their classroom. I kind of seen them in there and I don't know what came over me, but I was like, let me just go in and say, what's up. So I opened the door and I'm fourth grade. Right. So yeah. I opened the door. But by the way, that was just, that was just like my personality. Like I was like a class clown. I was very social. You know, I like to go around and talk to people. That's just who I was. So I go in and then some of my friends see me like, Oh, what's up, Joe? So they come up, you know, say what's up to me, start talking to them. Then Ms. Shuderman goes, excuse me. Who are you and what are you doing in this classroom? And I, I was like, oh, damn, I'm in trouble. Right? I got kind of scared. Like, I'm in trouble. But I was like, uh, I'm, my name's Joe, and I'm in, uh, I forgot whose class I was in, but I'm in this person's class. And I just was walking to the bathroom, and I seen some <laughs> of my friends, so I just wanted to say hi, right? And, and she kind of scolded me a little bit, but then as we started talking, like, her tone kind of changed, and I think she was starting to, like, warm up to me. I don't know. And then ever since then, when she see me on the playground, she'd be like, hey, what's up, Joe? She was always really cool. And then I believe the next year, um, I was in her class. 
because she she was always like teaching different grades and then later on at one point she became the vice uh she she was either a counselor or the vice the vice um principal i think it was counselor she was she was a counselor oh, so you did end up taking her class then yeah i did i took her okay. class the, ne the next year okay okay i think you said that you weren't you weren't really in her class but okay. no, initially i was not that time that i met her i wasn't in her class some of my friends were Okay, so it started out that way, and then the following year you got into it. You yes, yes. Okay. Somewhere down the line, I think I was like in seventh or eighth grade. She became she became a counselor for the school. She got a, she got a higher position, so it was cool. But it was just because of personality. But anyway, one time, man, you know, as a kid, right, you you kind of you going with the trends, and sometimes that changes, sometimes that doesn't. So at the time, I was starting to get really into hip hop music. And, and I went to school the next day. I got a, you know, what kind of hat? I got a little hat. I was wearing it, you know, to the side. I was trying to dress like crisscross. So I was wearing my hat to the side, sagging my pants a little bit. You know, my belt wasn't all the way tight. And I had my hand underneath my belt buckle in the front. And I'm walking to recess, right? Remember, K through eight school, we still had recess, okay? So I'm, I'm walking to the playground. I'm kind of holding my belt buckle with one arm, you know, a little swag in my step, you know, a little limp. And then she goes, Joe, come here. So I walk over there, you know, my hand underneath the belt buckle, say what's up to her. She goes, why do you keep grabbing your crotch? And I just start laughing. I, I, I start laughing. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, yeah, you, you always have your hand in your crotch. That's like, is that like the cool thing to do now? I'm like, no, I'm just holding my belt buckle. And she goes, yeah, well, I'll tell you what. She goes, if you want to be a respectable young man, that's not a good look for you. You need to pick up those pants, tie up that belt, and walk like a normal human being. And I was like, oh, okay. Crotch grabbing. Huh? The crotch grabbing, Joe. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> so, so, so when she told me that, I kind of thought about it. And I'm like, huh. She, she, she also added, people will respect you more. You'll, you'll, you'll be, again, a respectable young man. You'll portray the right image that people should respect you because you respect yourself. Thought about it for a second, picked my pants up, tied it up, never sagged again, bro. That was in fourth grade. Whew. Yeah, I did, because everybody else was sagging by the time we got to middle school, so. Yeah, and I, and, I stopped, and I stopped by then, but it wasn't just that. There were so many other memories. That's just one that stands out to me because it was hilarious, bro. Yeah. And at the end, she was there from that grade, and remember, she was only my teacher. I think that was fifth grade. She was only my teacher for that one year, okay? The other year, she was not my teacher. Never seen her again. Uh, as far as in the classroom, but um, she taught a couple other grades. But every time she see me, like at recess on the playground, she'd always say hi to me, ask me how I'm doing, what's going on, how are you doing in school, how's your family, you know, all that stuff. Um, and by the time eighth grade graduation came, uh, she, me and her exchanged numbers. But as an adult, I'm so bad at like calling my friends and my family and seeing how they're doing. I just don't do it. I don't know why. I just do something else. It's not because I don't want to. It's kind of like an out of sight, out of mind thing, in a sense. So that noise is just the garage door opening. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, not not to be mean. I'm just I'm not good at do at calling anybody back. Sometimes I forget to you know call whoever, just anybody. I'm just not good at that. So we exchanged numbers, and she told me she did not want to lose contact with me. Is the point I'm making? But I never call her. I want to say I want to say she called me a handful of times. Um, that year um, that I was going to be a freshman in high school um, and we talked and then I'm sure she got busy you know she has so many kids to keep up with 
but I should have still called her and I didn't. And, and I don't know what happened to that number, but I lost touch with her. But she was, she was somebody who always, you know, checked up on me, see how my grades were. If my grades were bad, she talked to me, right? She wasn't even my teacher, dude. She talked to me. She said she would go out of her way to go talk to whoever was my teacher to see how I was doing and how my behavior was in class. And they'd always tell her, oh, you know, he's always disruptive and he's talking to people. He's a class clown. She goes, yeah, that's a joke. <laughs> but, but, you know, just uh, she would try to give them pointers on, on how to, you know, get, get my attention. Um, and it always seemed to work and she'd always check up on me. So she was, she was a big uh, part, of, part of that as well. She was a big mentor in my earlier years. Do you remember her first name? I don't. I just remember her last name, Miss Shuderman. I don't remember her first name. Better pull up that yearbook, man. Let's see if you can get that get that first name. Maybe maybe someone uh maybe my someone. Mom, my mama might have that yearbook. I don't have it though. If she has it, then maybe you could go look at her first name and see if you can find like look her up. That's a good idea, bro. We'll see. We'll see if I follow through. I'm not gonna say yes on here. Everybody, let's hold him accountable. Let's hold Joe accountable. He's not. He's not. He doesn't like being held accountable. He lost a bet a couple of years ago, and he still has. Ah, oh, here we go. He still hasn't paid that debt. Excuse me. You were supposed to get that share, and you never did. Can we? Uh, can we talk about this some other time, please? <laughs> All right. So, Ms. Shooterman, there was another one that you. Uh, you also had another teacher too that was really. Yeah. Active too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's hear that story. Her name was Miss Beltron. So initially I wasn't in her class. I wasn't in another class. But that class had too many kids, right? Mm -hmm. That class was a little bit um overcrowded, but it was fine. It wasn't a big deal. The teacher, you know, he said he could handle it, right? I think the teacher's name was Mr. Mills or Mr. Miller. I don't remember one of those so anyway cool dude right but cool cool dude i really liked him too but he was one of those teachers that didn't take no shit and me being the little class clown that i was talking being disruptive you know full of energy they they ended up doing a lottery pick on putting some of those uh that over those overcrowded kids in from his class and putting some in miss beltron's and it just so happens that I got picked. So I had to switch, okay? Now, prior to that, I was in this class, I wanna say a month or two, so I was already kind of used to it, okay? And uh, Mr. Mills, or Mr. Miller, again, I don't remember, he was the cool teacher, right? He was a cool teacher as long as you did what you were supposed to do, right? He didn't take no shit if you weren't listening, you know, you got in trouble. Ms. Beltron, she was the mean one. She didn't take no crap, but she was the mean one. Nobody wanted to be in her class. She was very strict, uh, very like, uh, I guess you could say organized. She wanted everything a certain way. Yeah. I, dude, I didn't want to go to her class, bro. So first day in her class. Hold on a second. The next day. Over here on my end. So we're recording the day afterwards. But anyways, you were talking about Ms. Beltran. Yeah, that's right. I was on uh, my elementary slash middle school uh, mentors. Um, and Ms. Beltran, yeah, I had just got transferred over to her class. First, first day in her class, she's a, 
call in attendance. You know, you got to say here, here, right? Say your name. So she goes, Joseph Concilion. I'm like, here, but uh, Ms. Beltran, can you please call me Joe? All my friends call me Joe. I, I prefer Joe. And right there, she kind of just looks at me, you know, puts the attendance down for a second. And then she makes an, an announcement to the room because it wasn't, it wasn't just for me, right? It was just for the entire room, all the, all the kids in class. And what she says is, well, I would prefer to call you Joseph. And the reason is, is because Joseph is a strong, masculine name that, what did she say? She said that it's, um, it draws respect. Joseph, it's a strong name, right? Kind of just had me think about that for a second. So she goes, anytime you introduce yourself to new people, don't say my name is Joe. Say my name is Joseph. She goes, it sounds more professional. Like somebody needs to respect you because of the way you introduce yourself. And there was a little bit more, but I don't quite remember everything that she said. And, and then she went uh, and talked about one of my other friends, which was, um, I think it was my boy, Sammy. He might've been in my class, maybe not. Well, I'm going to go with that. Don't quote me on it, but she went with somebody else's name. She said their name, their entire name, and then she said their, uh, their nickname, right? And then she goes, see, it doesn't sound the same. And then she went back to me, Joe Joseph. So ever since then, that might not seem like a big deal to people, but that was a little lesson out of many lessons that stuck with me, but that one really stuck with me. So moving forward from, I, th I believe that was fourth or fifth grade. I can't quite remember. Um, moving forward, I always introduce myself to everybody as Joseph never Joe anymore. So one of, like I said, many, many large lessons she taught me. She was always on me, always thought that I could do better in school if I just applied myself. Um, if I apply, she, what she said one time, if you applied yourself in the classroom, like the way I see you apply yourself when you're out there, you know, playing football or basketball, you would do great things academically. So she always tried to push me. She was a little rough around the edges, but I know she cared. She was, she was a good teacher. So she gave you that tough love then, huh? Yeah, some, some, something I would say I needed at that age, you know, being a class clown, always joking around and stuff. Definitely needed that. So her, um, as my teacher, Ms. Shudeman, was my teacher prior, and uh, she became the school counselor, as I said. And then my man, Iverson, he was an after-school counselor, you know, kind of just watching over the kids, making sure they do their homework, playing with them. Then at home, I had uh, my tío Julio, my tío Nuni. Um, and then another major role model in my life, huge, from that age till I was older, um, till just last year, till he passed away. Rest in peace, G Pops, my 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 grandpa, man. He was uh, somebody who always knew when something was going on, right? You know his experience. He's been around the block a few times. He's he's been young. He he knows what's up, bro. You know, you can't uh, you can't pull pull it over on him because he tried to do all these things. Uh, he always just, anytime he needed to tell me something, it was when I was walking in and out of the garage because we wouldn't go out the front door. We would always go out the garage the side, in the side gate, right? And that was like his little kicker spot. He'd chill right there. He had his little TV up there, watch all his Spanish shows, his little pool table. He loved playing solitaire with the cards. He, and he, he always loved reading like these little books that he had um, with like, like, they were like Westerns, but in Spanish, you know, he, he loved stuff like that. So he always had a bunch of little books reading that. And every time I walked in and out, if he needed to tell me something, he'd be like, Nijo, you know, sit down over here. So he'd have me sit down next to his chair, right? And I'd just sit down and he would give me little consejos depending on what the, uh, what the uh, situation was. Little consejos means like little pieces of advice, right? Little guidance. 
And in particular, I remember this one time, it was a Friday night, okay? I had left and went out to a party. I snuck out. I wasn't supposed to go. I was about 15, 16 years old. Snuck out, and I didn't get home till the next day till about 6 or 7 a.m. And I forgot that my grandpa usually gets into the garage about 4.35. So he had already been chilling there for a minute, right? So I come in, or I'm, I'm coming into the gate, and I hear the TV. And I'm like, oh, my gramps is there, you know? I'm like, what am I going to what am I going to what am I going to tell him? You know, I'm already kind of nervous because I, because he's never been one to like yell at you or get at you or any, anywhere like that. He always just, like I said, he always just says it, but he, he just has a way, uh, he has a way about him when he, when he tells you things and you're so just he like, thank you, man. Huh? He gets, yeah, you exactly. He, he, he just makes you think like, man, what am I doing? I messed up. He just has a way to, of saying it, bro. And I already knew he was going to tell me something, but not only will he tell me something, but then he'll go and tell my mom and my grandma and my uncles, and then I'll get in trouble, right? Because they were the ones that would, you know, lay down the law. My grandpa was just like, you know, I've seen him do this. You guys might want to talk to him, right? Um, so I go in, and I'm like, hey, what's up, Poppy? You know, I call my grandpa Poppy, right? Was, he, he's like my dad, so I call him Poppy. I never call him grandpa. So I was like, oh, what's up, Poppy? What are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm just hanging out. What are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> And I'm like, oh, uh, I went to my friend's house to go pick this up. I think I had like a sweater or something. I said, I left it over there. I just woke up early enough to go pick it up, right? Thinking he's going to believe this, this damn lie. And just he goes, for a sweater. Right? For a just sweater. For a sweater. Right? I was like, oh, I want to go pick this up. And then, you know, we're kind of hanging out there for a little bit, playing some video games. I think I told him something like that. And he, he just looked at me like, oh, okay. Okay. All right, we'll go ahead and go inside. I was like, all right. <laughs> so I go inside. A couple days later, I come back out and that's when he tells me, hey, Amigo, come here. So I go over there, he goes, sit right there. And I was like, oh, but my friends are outside. You know, uh, I'm, I'm about to get going. He goes, it's all right. It'll take a second. Sit down. So I sat down and he goes, hey, uh, on Friday, I know you went out. I don't know what it is you want to go do. Hopefully you had a good time. He goes, I don't know if you were into trouble. I hope not. Or you were with a girl. He goes, but that could be trouble too. Okay, so I was just listening to him. He goes, but uh, you shouldn't be out all night like that and coming home that early in the morning because nothing good ever happens after midnight. But essentially, like, nothing good happens at night, right? He was just using that as a reference, right? Nothing good happens after midnight, only bad stuff. He goes, you can, you can get in trouble even hanging out with girls. Remember that. You're too young to be getting a girl pregnant, so you be careful. I said, okay. He goes, but I hope you're not into any, anything else either. So just, you don't have to tell me what you're doing. Just think about what I'm telling you. You know, um, it's not a life that you need to be living, going out. Every now and then it's okay to have a good time, but you make sure that you do it responsibly. And again, very simple words. He wasn't angry. He wasn't scolding me. It's just how he said it. It just always made me think about it. He was always calm, like just, you know, you know, spin a little game in my ear, like, think about this. Huh, okay. And then because of that, he kind of, it kind of turned into like, he was like my Jiminy Cricket. Anytime I was going to do something, I knew I wasn't supposed to, or, you know, or there was a, there was a larger risk than a reward, right? It was your conscience, man. Yeah. I would always hear his voice in my head, you know, and I remember the little talks that we had. And that's all he ever did, bro. Just little talks like that. It's crazy because my whole life, I want to say until I was an adult, and I'll get to the story in a second, I never had a conversation with him longer than like five minutes. 
ever. It was always just little consejos, little pieces of advice here and there, here and there, you know, little stuff like you need to watch out for your brothers because your brothers are, you know, when my brothers were, get, were getting into trouble because, you know, I was getting into trouble. They thought it was cool. And he goes, I see your brothers following in your footsteps. Is that what you want them to do? And I told him, no, of course not, Grandpa. You know, I was like, of course not, Papi. Um, and everything was in Spanish, right? But obviously, saying it in English for everybody out there. Uh, everything was always in Spanish. And, he, and then he told me, okay, well, if you don't want them to do that, you can't just tell them not to do it. He goes, what are you doing? What do they see you doing? What do they notice you doing? What, what are the things that they hear about you? You have to lead by example. So maybe you need to think about that and make some changes. He goes, you're the older brother. Everything that they do falls on you, whether you like it or not. That's pretty uh, you know, You know what I mean? So, pretty yeah, bro, it was just all the time, bro. It was all the time. And at that point, uh, one of my brothers was getting into some big trouble, bro, you know? Um, and, and, it, and I hated to see him like that. And then the other ones, you know, were just being little mischievous, you know, kids, right? But if you don't set kids straight, they can easily take the wrong path, right? Yeah. So growing up without a dad, man, I'm the oldest of uh, a five, five boys, four younger brothers. I always had a lot of um, more responsibility. I still had my fun, don't get me wrong, but I, I always had more responsibility when it came to that stuff. And, you know, everybody else would kind of yell at me and scold me whenever I made a mistake. Yeah. And, it's, and it wasn't intentional. You know, they weren't trying to, like, put me down. They were just trying to get me to realize, like, hey, you need to watch what you're doing because your younger brothers are watching. You need, you need to take more responsibility around here, right? Yeah, they look up how, to you. Exactly. So that's how everybody else was telling me. But my grandpa was always just calm and chill. And because of his demeanor, it just meant more, you know? So it, it seems just, like you picked up his demeanor, though, because I noticed that when you're talking, you, you – like if we had serious talks in recent years or something like that, or you notice that I'm not, I'm not on the right track. You pull me aside and you'll, and you won't, you won't raise your voice. You'll, 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 you'll very calmly talk to me. And then it, it like, I was able to absorb it. You, you had, I think you picked up his demeanor. I, I want to say that. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that. Um, I wasn't always like that though. I was more emotional. I would more be, I would be more reactive and, and I I, <laughs> yeah, I'd be more reactive in the, you know, just probably everything that's happened within this last year. And just, you know, as I, as I'm growing up and learning from my mistakes, I'm starting to see why, you know, not just my, not just my grandpa, but why a lot of other people's parents and grandpas are like that and grandmas, you know, just cause they've been through so much. They're like, it's not worth it for me to get all worked up. Let me just, you know, say some, some wise words to, you know, to this young person and hopefully it'll get through. And I think the way that they do that, you know, um, just calmly, just kind of making you think, I think it gets through to people a lot more, but at the same time, I still have to make a lot of mistakes for me to learn, you know? Yeah. But my grandpa was always there just to lay some wise words. And, um, as I said prior that I never had a conversation uh, with him longer than five minutes. Well, um, I want to say two years ago, my grandpa had a stroke. Okay. Um, and he was in the hospital and I was one of the last people to go see him. When I went to go see him, um, my, my Tio Pananle was there and, uh, which is my grandpa's oldest son. Uh, and he was, he just looked exhausted. He'd been there the whole time with him, right? He took him there. All the family had gone and went to go visit him, but he was exhausted. 
So I kind of relieved him of his, of his duties. I said, hey, go to the house, go take a nap, go get some food, go take a shower, you know, and I'll chill with Gramps. He goes, you sure? I was like, yeah, I'll chill with him. It's good. I, I don't have to work tomorrow because I, rem- I remember I took the day off. Yeah. So I went to go see him, just chilling with him. And then here and there, you know, it was weird because, like, I didn't know how to talk to him because I had, you know, I know that sounds weird, right? But like I said, I've never had a conversation with him longer than, like, five minutes. A couple questions here and there, like, oh, mijo, can you go pick up this stuff from the store? whoop de whoop whoop right? Yeah, yeah, sure, grandpa, what you need, whatever, you know? Uh, that's when I used to live there, obviously, um, with my family. But so it was kind of weird, right? We would exchange a few words. I would ask him a couple questions, and then it kind of just stopped. And he was watching his, uh, his uh, Univision on TV, watching some show. And then out of nowhere, I just, I just thought to myself, I'm like, you know what? I don't know enough about my grandpa. Like, I don't know about his story. I know that um, our family migrated here. Uh, don't know what they went through. You know, I'm kind of a, I kind of felt a little bit ungrateful, to be honest with you, bro. Like, I didn't, I didn't realize all that stuff, you know? Yeah. I knew they went, I mean, that's probably not the right word. I realized that they went through some hardships and that they struggled. And then that's why now we're able to have a little bit of a better life but I don't know the details, I should say, okay? Mm-hmm. So I felt like I should, right? In order to have more gratitude towards him and my grandma and my mom, my aunt, my uncles, right? So I just started asking him questions like, hey, why did you choose to come over here to the US? You know, what, how was that? You know, like what kind of stuff did you experience? And he basically just told me his whole story, bro. He, we were, he was doing most of the talking and I was asking him some questions for like four or five hours. Wow. And big points, big points that I learned. One of them is when he first came to the U.S., he, he went to Chicago first. Wow, and, really? Yeah, to Chicago. We got a lot of family in Chicago. Um, well, relatives, I should say. I don't, you know, they're not close family, but they're relatives. Um, so my grandpa went to Chicago, and he loved Chicago. He liked Chicago better than Cali, way better. So why do you say? So, so one of them, I was like, oh, that's pretty dope. You know, I didn't know that. He goes, yeah, you know, he goes, uh. If I didn't get deported that time, you know, I was going to um, send money back for your grandma to bring uh, your mom and uh, your tia Gloria and have them come to Chicago. But he got deported. And then he asked her all over. Damn. My grandpa, bro, he got deported nine times. This dude is a G. Now, granted, some of them were his fault. He made some mistakes. Other ones not, you know, but all he was trying to do was come over here and make a better life for his family, send money back, you know. Uh, but this dude got deported nine times, bro. And if any of those times he would have stopped, uh, I wouldn't be here today. You know what I mean? Wouldn't be here today. Um, That's a lesson right there, everybody. Don't quit. Don't take your life for granted, man. There's people who have it a lot worse. My grandpa came up on the coast, so he came from Durango, right? He went over to Sinaloa. He worked like. He said he had jobs like um, at the at the ports. Uh, he's, he was a fisherman sometimes. He would, you know, us uh, work in the warehouses, right? Um, and then he just came up all the way up to Baja, California, then up to TJ, then up to Cali, you know, and then he, he's, been, he's been to Arizona. He's been to New Mexico. He's been to Texas, all, every which way you could think of. And so he finally came up the Cali way and he ended up, uh, going to LA first, and then he came up and stayed in San Jose in the Bay, and that's that's where uh, where I was born and where I grew up, and that's where my mom, my aunts, and my uncles grew up in San Jose. 
But yeah, he went to Chicago first and he just, he went through, he's seen a lot of stuff, bro. He's seen people pass away, um, not make it on the, on the trails coming over, you know? Um, he's seen a bunch of crazy stuff. I'm not even going to say all that on camera, but I learned a lot about my grandpa's resilience to make it over here. And then my grandma's resilience when she finally came over with my, with my mom and my tia. Um, and I think my tío Pananle, he was just born. He was a baby. He might have been like one years old. My uncle Julio is the only one who was born in the U.S. Everybody else was born in Mex, and they brought him over. And they went through a lot of hardships, bro, like, like most people, right? Most yeah. people that migrate from other countries, you know? So it's not a, it's not a unique story, but um, it was nice to finally hear it from my grandpa and hear all the details from him. And it just made me realize, like, dang, this, they've been through a lot. What do I got to complain about, you know? Yeah. First world problems, bro. Straight up, I ain't got nothing to complain about. Absolutely, and it's like, and this is just one of those other lessons. Like, I didn't talk about it on my side, but like, I, I got appreciation for what my mom did. You know, like for what she did. It she she went through a lot of shit herself. <clears throat> so, kudos to them, man. We got they they looked for a better life, and we and and, and we got a better life. Yup, and then look at that. Yeah, man. I mean. Legit, we had some pretty good mentors in our life, bro. My, I would say my grandpa was the biggest one just because of the criteria that me and you had talked about prior is somebody that's with you for your, you know, long, at least a good portion of your life or long term, right? Yeah, yeah. And my grandpa was a big one. Um, and then all, obviously my grandpa's been there my entire life, obviously. Uh, it's my mom's father. Um, but somebody that really had um, – a direct correlation, a direct effect with me becoming a trainer was actually your bro. Yeah, so he's. We're gonna, uh, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna give him a salute too. So, but before we get to him, I, I do want to say that re regarding your grandpa, man, like everything that I hear about you and how I heard from you, you're starting to you're starting to really pick up on it, on how on his characteristics, man. You know, bro. Um, a lot, a lot of trial and error, man. I've made a lot of mistakes, bro. I used to, like, get at my brothers all crazy, yell at them and stuff. And I don't want to be like that no more, you know? Because, uh, you, know, you know, what's one thing that I picked up, man, is uh, I picked this up, too. Um, my uncles, both of them, okay? My, my tío Julio, he used to play with us a little bit more because, you know, like I said, my uncle, Pananle, PC, or what everybody calls him, um, he, he was just starting his own little family, right? But, dude, these – my uncle Julio – might seem like a lot. He's nine years older than me, right? Yeah. And I want to say my tío Panale maybe like two or three years older than him, not much. So they were when I was like, let's say nine, my uncle Julio was like 18, and my tío Panale was like 21, 22. These are young adults, but young men, okay? Yeah. And they have to figure shit out quick to help my grandma and my grandpa. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's kind of like with my sister. My sister was the same way. She's only... Technically, she was born at the tail end of 79, but it's pretty much 1980 because she was only there for, like, two days in the 70s. But it's one of those things where it's, like, she she was only 10 years older than me, and she uh, she was, she was had to figure things out before me. She, like, she, like I said, man, she's up there right, as far as mentorship, man. Not just in academics, man, but just in life in general, man. Yep. That's good, bro. I mean, we're very fortunate because if you think about it, when we're little kids – they're they're adults technically but they're still kids dude they're still sure. kids. especially because so one of the things that like, 
as a kid, I never understood it until later on when I became a teenager was we got a chance to go out on our own and hang out with our own friends like by ourselves. We didn't have to really take our siblings. Well, I didn't. I don't know if you did. Few times, but but not not, not that much. So here's the thing. My sister, and bless her heart, man. She when she was hanging out with her friends and she had her social life, she always had to take me. Huh. So she never really complained. She never complained about it. And but it's one of those things where like I think back on it, I'm like, damn, you like. That was her childhood. That was her time with her friends, and she had, and, and I had to carry, and she had to take me with her. Yeah, you're kind of thinking like if it feels the other way around, you'd probably get annoyed. Off. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was thinking about that too. And then, but whenever I had, uh, whenever I had, um, had to do something like that, they had to hang out with me and my uh, friends. It was kind of like I, rem I just reminded myself, Anna did that with me for years, and she never complained. So I should be, I shouldn't be complaining either. So I, I just embraced it whenever I had my niece or my nephew with me. Gotta learn to, uh, to be a little bit more resilient, to endure a little bit more, have a little bit tougher skin. When you look back and see what, what uh, you know, my uncles, my, my mom and my aunt went through, my grandma, my grandpa, and at the same end, on, on your end, your bro, your sister, your mom. Yep. It, just, it just makes you look at things and be like, you know what, I'm good, bro. What am I complaining about? I'm we're, we're in a good spot. We're blessed, man. Like, and, we're in, and we're in careers that that is very rewarding and it's in more ways than one. People are like, oh, how much you get paid? It's not even about the pay as much, as much as it's like, you're making a difference in people's lives. Like, like that's one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast. Because we want people to have, be uplifted. You know, it, it, we want it to be an experience for you guys. Yeah, and if, if for, for you guys who watch this entire podcast, I hope everybody does, but for, for you guys that watch it or listen um, on Spotify or any of our, uh, other outlets if you guys could uh comment you know who were big mentors in your guys's life you know your mom your dad your brother your sister and aunt and uncle grandpa grandpa uh, uh grandma grandpa excuse me whoever the case is why don't you guys put that in the comments man and let us let us know who's been a a, a huge mentor in your life and and why you're at where you're at absolutely we'd love to hear your stories i mean we that's one of the reasons why we're doing this thing, man, is because we like to do the storytelling. Like you heard Joe tell the story about his four or five hour conversation with his grandpa, one of the best stories we've had on, on the show yet. So it's, and it's just, we like to, we want to make you laugh, but we also want to, we also want you guys to learn and take something from this. It's not just a whole bunch of shit talking, although we are going to talk shit. <laughs> There'll be plenty of that. I mean, of course, of course I, we are. I, I am me after all. I mean, you guys know I'm, I'm especially if you, got, you met me at the gym, you guys know I'm probably the king of shit talking. Don't be surprised. But speaking of shit talking, though, now we're going to go, now we're going to go to the guy that's, that <laughs> will become the man of the hour in the next episode. He'll be coming. We're, we're going to talk about Marlon Giovanni. Gomez. Abarca. There you go. He's a legend. He is a he's done it all, man. I remember uh, he helped me get started as a trainer. I know he helped you too, right? Yeah. He's, he, he, was, he was grooming us as kids, man. Me and my nephew, man, we were pretty much he was grooming us to do it. I mean, he wasn't forcing it on us. 
but I know that he was uh, I know that he was grooming us from like at least at least without like getting in our face about it. He wasn't like those type of parents that that, that like forces like their kids when they're playing at, when they're athletes like they get in their faces like you gotta do this you gotta do that to the point where the kid just doesn't want to do it. But it, it was uh, he he was a good he was a good mentor to me man he was a. Uh, all these years, man, like I remember just talking to him and I, if you want me to give you a, a vivid memory of him at the gym, I remember one time my mom came and uh, my mom was taking me to the, to the Hayward 24-hour fitness. And she dropped me up so I could spend the weekend with Giovanni and she saved Giovanni the time of uh, because Giovanni was going to go straight to work after that. He was still working at 24. Uh-huh. So he was already there at 24. <laughs> so we go to the back, and there's this, uh, there's this dip machine. But they also had the pull-ups. So this maniac is doing pull-ups, is doing dips with two 45-pound plates tied up to it. So nice. if you guys have gone to the – so for those who go to body mechanics, there's a – there's a belt with a chain on it that says Grizzly on it. That's the exact same belt that he had on when he did that. Wait, hold the up. Exact same belt. Oh, so he didn't buy another Grizzly belt? It's the same one? It's the same one. He took good care of that belt. Okay. He took great care of it. Because he had another one before that that wasn't as good quality. So he, it was one of those things where I look at that belt every time and I, and I start smiling. Because I was about eight or nine years old at the time. That's crazy that you remember that, bro. Dude, I, it's, it's like I always say. My brother, if you talk to him, he doesn't remember anything except his workouts. <laughs> yeah. So, I, so he, got, he got all the, I guess he got all of the, um, he got everything else. I got the memory. I remember well, a lot of useless yeah. knowledge, too. So. Something's in there. What's that? I said, well, you do got that big head. I hope something's in there. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. A lot of this knowledge is in there, bro. No, I'm just playing, bro. Yeah, it has to keep it balanced, you know. Otherwise, it's gonna be all like the the, the weight distribution is gonna be all uh, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I have some real. We're gonna talk about. You want to talk about muscle imbalances, man? If, if it was wrong, then I have some serious imbalances, man. But I think, I think you're okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but but yeah, he so he's doing this with two forty-five pound plates on it. Same belt. So I'm like, okay, cool. My mom and I are standing right here. Like my mom is right next to me. And so I think, let's wait till he's done. So my mom and I think that he's done after he finishes his 15 dips. Now this dude reaches up and he does 15 pull-ups with the the shits. That must have been in his younger days. Well, it was fucking 20 years ago, bro. So There you go. He was in his 40s, at least back then. In his 40s. What was he like? No joke. When you were about that age, what was he like? 30, 31? No, no. He was He was about... So I was 8 or 9, so he was about 28, 29. Oh, okay. Cool. So, yeah, he was he was in his prime, as they like to say. He was... Well, he was... Uh, he, he was uh, a little crazy. He was... Pretty intense back then too. He still is now, but he's much more calm. Yeah, he is for sure. Um, let me see. 
if I could share a story with you, it'd probably be, I want to say I was like 20, 21, okay? Still trying to figure out what I want to do in my life. I had gone to, I was going to school, but I ended up um, not continuing because there was some uh, financial issues um, as far as a loan that I had, that I had acquired, right? I was going to University of Phoenix. At that age, I just decided, you know what? I need to do something with myself. So I was going to University of Phoenix. Um, and I took two semesters there and I was going for criminal justice, okay? Didn't really want to do it, but I'm like, I got to do something, man. I got to do something. I can't just be in limbo, right? Well, something ended up happening. I don't remember what, and it kind of stopped. And then I had to pay like $2,000 out of my pocket, okay? And at the time, I was only working part-time. So I'm like, man, if this is what's going to happen, I just dropped out. I'm like, I don't have money to keep paying this. That's a lot of money, right? So I was supposed to get loans and grants and stuff that were supposed to cover it. Yeah, so a lot of politics with those two, so. A lot, bro. And I think, I don't even, I think, um, I could be wrong, but I remember hearing something about a couple of schools and maybe Uni University of Phoenix was one of them that they lost like accreditations or some shit like that. Yeah, that, I was affected by that because City College was definitely one of those. I was so, so I think so. Don't quote me on it, right? But So it was kind of good that I didn't continue. But anyway, so then I left that and then I started working full time at a distribution center, a warehouse for CVS Pharmacy in Patterson, okay? And at the time, I hadn't seen your brother for a while. Um, we ended up reconnecting somehow. Um, I was still talking to you at that time, too. Yeah, yeah. You were still talking to me at that time. And I basically told your bro, I was like, dude, I really don't want to work where I'm at. I'm only doing it for a paycheck, man, because I need some money. Like, like, I don't want to be there for the rest of my life. It's not what I want to do for the rest of my life. If I was stuck there for the rest of my life, you know, and this is just me. Anybody who loves working there or, or loves doing that kind of work, that's awesome. But it wasn't for me. I was just doing it for a paycheck. Um, I was like, if I'm stuck there, dude, I'm going to be like depressed, bro. Like, I need to get out of here. I was like, um, I asked him, what... I think I want to be a trainer. I said, what is the path that you would recommend for me to be a trainer? He goes, really? I was okay. He goes, okay. He goes, the fir first was, if you get your degree, man, um, go to school, get your degree, you know, take these classes, whoop de whoop whoop just laying it all out for me, right? I'm like, okay, okay. He goes, start at a community college. Why don't you go to uh, Modesto Junior College? I'm like, that's a good idea. I was like, cool, you know, I make enough money now that I could pay for my classes there rather than University of Phoenix, right? And now I'm actually going to be learning about what I want to learn. Yep. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm going to try to make it work with my work schedule. So end up doing that. He goes, as soon as you're done, I'll hire you, bro. Let me know. Cool. So I, I, I'm going to school, right? I'm going. And uh, I, want, I, I probably went for like three or four semesters. This one was longer. Okay. And then we started working crazy overtime yeah. at the distribution center. Crazy. I'm not even exaggerating. 12 to 14 hour days. I'd get off of work, go home, do some homework go to sleep for like three hours, wake up and go to school, exhausted. I was doing it for, for that long, right? Because I want to say the, the last two semesters that I was going, that's when we started it. So I was doing it for two semesters, okay? And at first, my teachers were grading my work. They were like, this, this is great. I was getting A's and B's. I may have gotten one C in those first two semesters. And then the next two semesters, as those hours started to accumulate at work, my grades started slipping. I wasn't taking the time to read everything. I was just trying to do the work, maybe kind of, kind of um, skim through the through the book or whatever it was that I needed to do. Right. So, I wasn't taking the time to do my homework correctly. 
anyway, long story short, talked to a counselor. They told me it's better if you drop out because you can always retake the class than continue to take the class and fail it. Because if you fail it, it's stuck, it's stuck on your record. Yeah. Okay, so I dropped out. Hit up your brother and I said, dude, I can't, I can't, you know, go through school. Work is crazy. They're not going to work with my school schedule. Um, I was like, so what else can I do? And that's when he told me about um, NASM and the certifications. He goes, get the certification and I'll hire you. Now, and then you could start working on the field. But you got to promise me something. After you get this cert, it takes anywhere from six months to a year, depending on, you know, how much time you spend studying every day, right? So he goes, you got to promise me something. After you get this first cert, you cannot stop learning. You need to keep getting more certifications, another one, and another one, and another one. You have to keep learning like you're in school, but now you're going to be learning about what you're doing, what your career is going to be in, okay, specifically. So I'm sure that interests you, right? I said, yeah, absolutely. He goes, okay, as long as you do that, we're good. So after you get this one, you got to get this one and then this one. So he kind of laid it out for me. Studied, um, took, took my test to be a trainer. Failed the first time because I didn't spend enough time studying, okay? I thought I did, but I didn't. I didn't know the material as well as I thought I did. Studied again and again for another three months. I, took, I, I uh, set up the appointment, took it again, passed it this time. Cool, good. As soon as I was done, bro, and I, I called your brother. I said, hey, I passed, and I, I, I took a picture of the, of the paper, sent it to him. He goes, awesome. He goes, are you ready to do this? Because... I need a trainer at my facility. This one, he, this is when he just went over with body mechanics and left 24, excuse me, not just, but when he had his own spot in San Leandro after he yeah, was with so the house of P. That, that was around the time that we, uh, we had a, we had a couple of trainers there and we lost and we lost our last one that he recruited. So he was by himself at the time and he was doing yes. all the, he had all the clients and he was doing all the classes and he was getting burnt out. And that that's when that's when he uh that's when he had told me dude I, I need somebody to help me out he goes are you ready to do this i goes well, so i don't want to just quit my job i said can i put in my two-week notice he goes that's fine put in your two-week notice but prior to this i was already going over to the gym on saturdays to work out with you guys remember uh Here so there's a couple so, of stories that we're going to jump in that you brought that up so original idea was because he was gonna he was gonna um let you work somewhere else and build your client base. And then you're going to bring them over supposedly. Supposedly that was the original That's plan. Yeah. And what was the, um, what was the plan that we were originally going to do also? We we're going to have you do the, uh, do the, um, go over to, to Google or Yahoo because they were looking for trainers over there. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Do that. And then, then, then I know where here comes Marla's like, I need help. Yep. You come in and you're working with us. So that's yeah, so that's so that's when I that's when I jumped in. So I put in my two week notice. I was already going over to work out with you guys on Saturday, so I get a feel for it, get to know some people. And then after that I just bounce, bro. And and the rest is history. I've been with them ever since. It was a struggle at first. I was uh I went from making steady uh steady money, having a steady paycheck at that spot to not making any money. And your bro hooked me up. He fronted me um, a couple times, like a handful of money, bro, to, to help me out to buy some groceries, pay my rent. So he really helped me out because I was struggling. I, I didn't have any clients. I was just teaching some classes. It was rough. It was rough. And, you know, he, he brought me under his wing. 
and he helped me out until we started building. And then um, about a year later, I, I was doing okay, not too bad. And then uh, we, we went over to Castro Valley, and now we're over here. And, yeah, you know, I'm doing okay because of uh, his help, his mentorship, his guidance that I've had um, in this field. And, yeah, bro, I'm, I'm not looking back. I'm good. I'm looking forward. But it's good to, to reflect on it a little bit and not forget where you came from. And the funny thing about that time is um, – so for your clients that are watching this right now, this Joe that you see right now, Mr. Roll, Mr. The guy that likes the, the all about rolling, takes his time rolling. This is <laughs> the same guy from when he first arrived. I used to hate rolling. <laughs> he used to take the word out of me. Dude, I'm like, let's roll for it. He's like, no, no, no. Let me just do the athletic warm up and, and I got it. <laughs> yeah, I did not want to roll. Every time, every time man. And it took for, and, and, or, or when you would do the athletic warm up, you would do it your, your, your own way. You would throw your own flavor into it. I said, like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it rolling, bro. He's like, he was like rolling. He's like, no, I'm going to roll it. I'm not going to, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to do my own pace. He, he was, he was different. It's not, it's not the same guy that you see now. Different dude, bro. Different dude. I've, I've made a lot of adaptations. I've, I've evolved. I'm a different person. Hope, hopefully I've grown, you know, um, at least I've tried, I've tried to, I hope so. You know, maybe, maybe now that I think about it, you talk about how you're so calm nowadays. Maybe one of the reasons why you were so angry back then, well, so that kind of just like took me off of my, just like distracted me right there. But well, <laughs> I saw what you did. <laughs> but anyway, another thing, also, another thing is also the uh, change in uh, nutrition, man. Dude, okay. Dude, you were, since you want to wrap me up to the world, all right. I didn't wrap you up. I was just saying that the nutrition itself was good when I was talking about it. My nutrition was horrible, okay? I, I didn't have any money, so I would, like, buy, like, a Subway sandwich, like, a, a foot long, cut it in half, and that's what I would eat all day. I'd eat half of it for, like, lunch after the workout, and then half of it later on when, uh, when we're driving home. And in the morning before we left our house in Patterson, at 3.30 in the morning, okay, I would have breakfast at the house. And I wouldn't eat anything. I might, I might have brought like a couple snacks or something, like a protein bar and some nuts, something like that. I, I barely eat. And then that's another, that's another thing. I used to. Now that you brought this up, because my nutrition, my nutrition was trash. I did not eat good. Okay, I just ate whatever I could. Back then, you have, you kind of have an excuse because you got no money. <laughs> so I mean, I mean <clears throat> what was, what was I gonna buy? A, 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 you know, a couple lettuce heads and just eat that. You know, there's not really much nutrition in that. Yeah. So, so the, the part that I. Because I was actually poking fun at the way you were in high school, and like I can't believe that you guys are the same person. But oh, when you are you talking about like my, my high school? I'm talking I, about when, when I uh, you talking about uh the lemon hot Cheetos with the cream cheese? Ah, oh, still so good. Uh, dude, you you would come. I remember when I would go over to to Gio's house. You would come home. You have you had two big ass bags. <laughs> The left hand, the left hand will be holding cream cheese with a couple bag of Cheetos in it. Mm -hmm. The other bag would be a bucket of KFC chicken. Oh yeah, that's not easy. What's handing? Yeah, they used to get it for free too at work, right? Yeah, because hey, when we get when we get off work, 
I think that was when I, I went to the house. Like, what was it? Like a Saturday night or like a so Friday like, night? Yeah. yeah. And you was and you was like staying over for the weekend, and I, I went over. Yeah, my they uh they were gonna throw out the chicken, so they said, "Hey, do you guys want to take it?" Hell yeah, I'll take that chicken. So they gave us like a big old bucket. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I said, we're not. Here. KFC over here was hamming. I'm good. It's dinner. Like I said, that was that was back in our teenage days. It's not we're not the same way anymore, but I hope not. I'm, yeah. Well, it, well, I hope that your intestines are still like, intact after that. But uh-huh. It's just one of those things where I'm look, I'm looking back. I'm like, this is I can't believe this is the same guy. Like right now, like you look at Joe, it's like if he looks at Cheetos or something like that, he's gonna say it's not functional. It's not functional, bro. Got to be functional. It's important. But yeah, man. I mean, I would hope so with all the with all the good people I've I've been fortunate to have in my life. Yeah. Um. I mean, I would hope I'm not the same person. If I am, then I just wasted thirty years of my life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? You know what? Before I forget, what's up? Went through all my mentors right growing up. My uncle Julio, probably the biggest one, but my entire family's been there. And then my grandpa, and then my my dude Iverson, after school counselor, Miss Shudeman, Miss Beltron. Uh, let me see your bro, as I'm older now, and he's helped me a lot to be a trainer in my career. And then can't forget, bro. Man, can't forget, Mr. Rob Osario, my yeah, boss, the grandmaster. My boxing coach, man, he's uh, he's really made me fall in love with boxing, man. Taught me the fundamentals. I couldn't throw a punch to save my life. My hands were horrible. Dude, you want to talk about the when we tried to when we got so sore from a workout that we tried to do boxing and none of us knew what the fuck we were doing? Oh, bro, not at all, bro. Uh, I don't, I, I don't, oh, I don't really want to talk about that right now. Maybe that's a, that's a, that's, a, that's another time, but but we, we gave him a little shout out last time because he's also my mentor, man. But but Ramosorio, the I call him the grandmaster because he has three. So Joe being the first one who has become an amateur boxer now. And then, yeah, Ju- I've, then well, Junior. I've had one amateur boxing fight. Let's not, uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Don't talk about that result, man. That, that, that was <laughs> uh, nah. I'm so fucking mad about that. I, even, I, I was even yelling at the promoter or whatever, the owner of the jail. I was like, hey, you better give half your earnings to this, this dude right here because he, he's the reason why you had tickets sold. I know, bro. That was crazy. I had like half half the crowd in there was just to see me see me lose. <laughs> and, it I, wasn't, and it wasn't even because like how you fight. It was because of it was because of the call or whatever. Yeah. So fucking mad. I was like bullshit. Like Junior and I are like yelling bullshit, bullshit. And... It, I mean, it's all good. You know what? Speak just just because we're on the subject for a second, um, dude. I felt like I let. Coach Rob down, bro, because we worked on so much technique and so much fundamentals. And when I got in there, I was I was too antsy. I just wanted to go in and just hit the dude, right? Yeah, yeah. Horrible. Me and him had worked on so much stuff to be strategic, you know, make it a chess match. And I didn't I didn't do anything that he taught me. So I felt like I let him down on that one. But shout out to shout out to Coach Rob, man. He taught me how to box. I'm way better now. My my hands are way better. My my footwork is better. You know, uh, ain't trying to sound cocky or arrogant. N- nothing like that. What I'm saying is I've progressed a lot due to his help and his coaching. That's all I'm saying. And I'm sure a lot of the people that take our boxing classes can attest to that as well. Yeah. So, yeah, the Grandmaster, man, we, 
Shout out to the Grandmaster because he is he made a huge um he made a huge impact, man. He was he just came because before he came in, we didn't really train kids either. Nah, we didn't yeah. train kids either. We didn't train kids, so we did it every now and then, but it wasn't a regular thing. And then next thing you know, he comes in and it becomes like this whole uh he he's become the best way I could describe it, it would be like when Nirvana came in and changed the whole the whole rock and roll scene or whole music scene, right? That's the best way I could describe Rob. It's like because before that, we're all about weightlifting, kettlebells, functional movement, so on and so on. And the next thing you know, he opens this whole new whole new wrinkle in our playbook, and he's like, "Hey, I'll teach you guys how to box." Then you have then you have Joe boxing. You have junior boxing, then you got me boxing. He's changed the he, he's really changed the, the dynamics of the gym. And not only has he mentored us in boxing, but he's given me some uh some really good stories that yeah, I think I, uh some really good stories about some things that he's been through and experiences and why he he really wants to be a mentor to young kids. Yeah. And the and the reason being is because he had a tough childhood and we'll have him on the show. Um, on the podcast on on another session some other time, but but he'll be on. But he's just told me some stories about his childhood and how he was going down the wrong path, and he had a couple mentors that helped him out too. That's yeah, why. So, that's one of the coolest things that he he would tell us. He always tells him, uh, he always tells us stories, and like if we feel like we messed up or like I remember like the semester before I graduated, I was walking. Well, and eventually we'll get to the, the that whole semester story. Eventually you guys will hear some stories from me and I'm sure Joe will get a kick out of it. I'm sure you guys will get a kick out of it now that it's over. But I remember at the time I was kind of in a really, you know, they say you're walking a fine line. Well, that, that was a, it was just nothing but landmines there, man. I, I was literally in a really bad spot. And I remember talking to Rob about it. And he goes like, man, no matter how much you fucked up, man, you didn't fuck up as much as me, so you got that for you. And I was like, <laughs> uh, and then he, and so he, after that joke, but then after that joke, he goes like, hey, just learn from this, stay calm and write it out, and you're gonna, and you're gonna come out better from it. See, yeah, always, always, uh, always with the positive advice, man. That's good. So yeah, there it is. And there's a lot of people too. Another person that, uh, so there, there's also, we got Mother's Day coming up in a couple of weeks. So we're going to do something a little special for that one where you notice we didn't really talk about uh, motherly, our mothers do mean a lot to us, but we also have other motherly figures in our lives that we want to talk about. So we're going to do a whole episode based on them. That's awesome, bro. Yep. Shout out to all the mamas out there. So anything else you want to talk about your mentorship or? Shall we start hyping up what we got coming up, my man? Well, I just like to add, man, that honestly, I have a I have a great life. I really do. I I'm doing what I love to do. I have an opportunity to build my career on that, and and um, I do a lot of self reflection. I would really recommend that to people so they could look back, and that's how I remember all my mentors. Even like I said, even if it's something little, you know, some wise words that they gave you, that helps, man. It uh. It changed me and it helped me out because who knows where I'd be if it wasn't for all these people that we've talked about and people that I haven't talked about either that, you know, have been there, you know, for, for little stages throughout my life. 
Um, so I definitely need to take the role of a mentor as well. Yeah. Um, when, when that opportunity arises, I will take it in stride and do my best to help out. You know what? Maybe not this episode, but go, going forward, you know what, man? Me, me being a trainer so young, because I started training at 22, 23, a lot of my clients were older than me as well. And a lot of my clients have been really good mentors to me too. Yeah. So, I mean, this is also, some, I mean, the mentorship series is something that we wanted to start out with, but it's definitely, that's something that we're going to close the door on. We're going to still, yep. we're still going to have some other stories to tell you guys, but these are the ones that, um, this is just the beginning, I guess is what you could say. I like that. And um, so, yeah, now we, now that he, and those are wise words, my man. I mean, you kind of have taken the role of a mentor because you got, you, you've helped me and you've helped Junior out a lot. Thanks, bro. I, I hope so. So, so yeah, I think that we should um, start hyping up what's coming up in the, in the coming weeks, man. So the next episode is going to be. Get it. Let him know. Let him know. The next episode is featuring, what's his name again? <laughs> Gio, Marlon. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's, he's going to be out here maybe for about a, for a two-parter. So one, he's going to talk about mentorship, right? We're going we're gonna to see what he, uh, what helped him grow throughout his life. What, what, yeah. what it's like for him to be a mentor nowadays. I would love to hear that. So that's going to, we're going to pick his brain and he's, he's agreed to be on here and then we're going to be celebrating uh, six years at Body Mechanics on May, baby. Yeah, yo. So, so we're going to be having some, uh, we're going to have some other guests. Another guest that we just got on, Margaret So, Marge was handing. Dude, now that you mention it, you see what I'm saying? So many, bro. I'm lucky. Yeah. Marge, Marge has also been a, a really good mentor. Uh, sure. She has. Developing me, you know? I'm, has she been with you too? She has. She has. Yeah. She's been around for a while, too. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy because I met her when I was 16, 17. We'll let your bro tell that story. Don't, don't talk too much oh. about that. Well, there you go. You can blame Joe if you're upset about not hearing that story. That's all his fault. <laughs> you'll, you'll hear about it. You'll hear send about it. Make angry, sure. Send them angry DMs at Fitness Mindset. Son, make, make, sure you write that, make sure you write that down. So uh, we asked Gio about uh, his relationship with Marge and, and how they got to meet and how she's been, in, you know, been a part of all of our lives for so long. Yeah, right. we'll, we'll, oh yeah, we got that on the list. So shout out to Margaret. So yes, shout out to Margaret. We got you right. We got you uh in a couple of weeks. All right. We're gonna we're gonna let you know when that's happening. There's yeah. A couple episodes dropping up. So that's gonna be that's gonna be a fire episode. That's gonna and then we're gonna do the 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 Mother's Day, the Mother's Day special. We're gonna call it the Mother's Day special. It's gonna be nice. So, so that's gonna so yes, we're gonna talk about our moms. Mm -hmm. But we're also going to talk about other ladies that that take it, that made an impact that have become a motherly figure to us. We're blessed, bro. We got we got our we got our actual mothers, our biological mothers who did everything they could to help raise us, and then we got other women, just just great women that have been like like you said, motherly figures in our lives. That's a blessing, bro. Yeah, like, like we can we can name a couple of them right now. We're not going to give you like the whole stories right we're not gonna give you everything right now we'll give you some we'll get to that later we'll get to that later but we already named some of them so you're gonna hear my sister again you're gonna hear my mom you're gonna hear you're gonna hear um joe's mom you're gonna hear his his aunt you're gonna hear his, or his tia my tia yeah he's gonna talk about he's gonna talk about my sister-in-law too Maylan. 
Maggie, Maggie Castillo. I'm gonna talk about her too. We got some, man. We got some solid people in our life. Some solid room. people in our lives, man. We got some solid people in our lives, man. Because I can, I can already, I can already tell you right now, man. I don't think, um, I don't think I graduated without Maggie, dude. Bro, mentorship, everybody, get yourself a mentor. If you don't have one, if you've had one, mentor somebody. Help somebody out. Maybe it's your kids, your nephew, or maybe they're not related to you. Help somebody out, man. Just be, just be uh, willing to listen, and you'll, you'll, you'll have a mentor before you know it. Be willing to show, to, to teach, and you can be mentoring someone before you know it as well. Absolutely, bro. We're out of time. We'll see you next time, you guys. Take care.